This is Motion, and you are now listening to Sage on Sage News Live. Remember, also check me out on Podbean. Uh, the link will be down below in the description. But uh, if something happens to my YouTube channel and it goes down, you can always catch me on Podbean. Description down below. Get yourself set up. That way you can still download my podcast. Check it out. Okay. I want to do a quick intro. This is a video I did a while ago, and I think it's important I put it back out. It's We've got a lot of situations going on and a lot of people who might be looking at trying to find new opportunities um, to be able to make money and, and provide for their family or provide for themselves because of certain situations. So the interview I did is with a 19 year old who was looking, his business was going to grow $750,000 this year. This is this year. Um, and I did it a couple months ago, but he did it basically picking up trash and then, you know, and, and recycled metals and things like that. And now he's got four employees and trucks and everything else. So I wanted to put this one back out so that people could see that there is a possibility of everything is not doom and gloom, right? There is possibilities out there and, and things that you might be looking for a change because of recent events and might not have thought of something like this. If this helps somebody kind of break, you know, get yourself into a little bit of a different mindset and possibly being able to do something to continue on and, and, and even going forward and building something out of it, you never know. But listen to the interview um, and just take in the information because it's good information and there is other opportunities out there if you just think outside the box. So that being said, Check it out, and um, I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. Okay, so we're on with the great Sage, great freight Sage Logic here, and um, I had an interesting uh, email that I got, and I got that from Clark, and I was actually shocked, shocked to get it. He actually wrote me an essay um, about his uh, all his escapades there, and and after reading that, I said, oh man, I got to get this kid on because uh, he's got an interesting story, and I think that's something that uh, everybody needs to hear. And um, I, I reached out to him, uh, called him up and uh, said, hey, you interested in coming on and sharing this with the viewers? And he said, yeah, let's do it. So I said, perfect. Uh, and then I, uh, we got that all set up and, um, and I finally got you on the show there. So, uh, Clark, why don't you uh, go ahead and, uh, and tell us the uh, special skills in which you possess that uh, no other human on, uh, of your age possesses. No, but definitely something special. So why don't you uh, start it from the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. No, like I kind of said to you, you know, we started out about three years ago now. So basically just took off on the whole business track. Always kind of been entrepreneurial, you know, had my little lawn mowing business, a couple others. When I was a kid, you know, funny enough for me to say, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just kind of jumped in, started kind of getting into the trucking kind of thing with our business and it's taken off over the last three years brought me out of high school with how much it took off and we've just been going along ever since so so basically 
Uh, and you mentioned that in high school. So even in high school, you talked about a story in regards to um, repairing iPhones or repairing cell phones. I don't know if they were iPhones. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about what, how'd that go? Yeah, no, I started, it was like fourth grade. My cousin had shattered his iPod. So, you know, just figured out how to fix it and then started doing that for other people, other kids around, you know, that I knew and just had a, a little bit of side money coming in from that all through middle school and a little bit to high school. And the goal was that so that you could eventually, what, get an iPhone, I thought it was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm save up enough money and get my own. So then you got, so you're in high school, um, and how did you come into doing what you're doing? And, and tell them exactly what you do now, basically, how, what, the, what the whole plan is. Yeah, no, so we started doing exclusively, like, scrap metal hauling for people. Uh, we're based up in Portland, Oregon, so did a bunch of scrap metal stuff, and then that transitioned into, like, junk removal services. So we'll come out do, you know, bring a truck, a trailer, whatever we need, and basically haul anything away for commercial, residential, or anybody in between. Um, and now we've expanded that into like dumpster rentals as well. So, so then you started out. Um, so how did you even look at that and say, Hey, I want to, I want to start doing scrap metal. I just want, Hey, that, that trash over there, I could help you out with that. Is that pretty much how it started or, or how'd that work? Yeah, no, yeah. When so I was fifteen, obviously I had my permit and I was all gung ho to start driving, as any fifteen year old should be. And I, you know, in our family we had a pickup truck, ninety-eight Chevy S ten, and that was my only option. It was that or go, you know, save up some more money and buy a car. Cause but at that point I hated the look of trucks, didn't want to buy one, didn't want to be seen driving one, just flat out hated it. You know, obviously that's what we had, had to go with it. Like within six, eight months, I figured out, oh, there's a bed back there. And why don't I go start making some money with it? So started picking up stuff for free off of Craigslist, uh, off of the inspiration from Gary V. And then that took off. And then I said, you know, stepping outside of scrap metal, instead of being like all the crackheads in my area, why don't I start making some extra money, start charging people to take trash away. And then it just went from there. So your first picking up is you're basically anything that's anything that's metal. You're just like, I'll come pick that up. Yeah. Free charge. Where is it? Send me the address. Go in, pick it up, take it to the scrapyard, sell it for money. And then after that, you're like, hey, they got trash. And then did you set it up by saying, hey, so I can just do this once a week or just random? How did that work? No, it was just random. So I started with the scrap metal thing. I started posting an ad on Craigslist because there's only like one or two people doing that, but everyone else would go on the free section. And when somebody would post a fridge or a stove, they'd pick it up. But I started posting on the free section. So then people who were looking for scrap metal pickup would call me before they even posted it. And so I got the lion's share of the business. And then I just started transitioning that to the junk removal side. So I started seeing that people were picking up trash and I was like, okay, there's going to be more money over here. Gotcha. So you basically said, okay, so basically, rather than trying to just search, 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 you felt it was better to pay the money and just put it out there first. So they saw you. So rather than them, just put, they're, they're just like, OK, there's a guy right there. Call him. Yeah. And then basically what, basically what it said, come get your trap metal for free and then contact me at blah, 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 whatever the email address. Yeah. yeah. How many hits you get on that? How, how far did that get you? Uh, that kept us going for the first like six months. So I bought my first truck off of scrap metal. And that was, it was, was that you and your friend at the time? Yeah. Yeah. A couple of buddies that I would run through, exchange in and out whenever I needed help. 
and would just rent U-Haul trailers with my S10. And then like within six months, I bought a Tacoma, started home with that, with the U-Haul trailers. Eventually I bought a Big Tex, which is like seven, $8,000 dump trailer mm-hmm. and then got into the trash after that. So, I mean, I built it up on scrap metal and then started getting more money in trash. So we were busy every day hits coming in calls left and right for scrap metal. Really? So, okay, let me, let me ask about that again. So when you actually posted, how much was it to basically post five bucks post five bucks a month or just for the post for the post? Yeah. So you put, so five bucks ended up getting you a truck. Yeah. Is that what you're telling me here? Five dollars yeah. ended up getting you a truck. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, and that was about a six hundred dollar a month truck payment. Wow! And then so you're out there, okay? You're like, all right, let's invest in a little bit of money here. Bam! Hit that. Start picking up. When did it start to get crazy on you? Right away with that posting. Yeah. And how much did you start picking up right there? Where did you go from just trying to search to actually investing a little bit into that? How big of a jump was it from there? Uh, that was huge. So looking at it i mean i was doing on average about five thousand a month like two to five thousand a month just searching and then we jumped to like six to ten a month six to ten a month with a five dollar posting yeah wow wow and then from there what did you how did you transition from that scrap metal because now you went out and you got the trail how did you transition from the scrap metal to the trash I was just researching on Craigslist, just searching people doing it, junk removal, pickups, things like that, and seeing what other people were offering through an ad together on that side, wrote up my whole thing, you know, put in more effort into that posting than anybody else. So that when people saw it, they were like, oh, this is the guy. So I had. Explain that. How do you explain that right there? What you what you meant? You did more than anybody else. Yeah. So everyone would just, you know, free scrap metal pickup, call us or whatever. And then I would actually explain them like a whole thing. Like, here's everything we pick up. Here's the days contact us here, like a whole page on Craigslist. So if somebody wanted to read it, they could, and they could get so much more information and feel more comfortable with me showing up and not thinking I was some crackhead. And then I would have like max out Craigslist photos and put as many as I could in there to show people like, Hey, this is the truck that's going to show up here's me. This is what you're getting instead of the other guys just putting like one photo. Mm. So basically you sold yourself, you sold yourself on Craigslist as a professional business, which eliminated you from just the, the run of the bill, just anybody else. Yeah. Okay. So how many, when you started to get that, how many hits did that one start to hammer you with? I mean, where did that go with that one? Do you know? I mean, that took us all the way from like, like I said, that averaging 5,000 a month all the way up to like 15 a month. Just on scrap metal. With with the with the trash and scrap metal type postings and you with the trucks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Within that first year, we were averaging twelve to fifteen a month just on that scrap metal and junk removal. How many days a week were you working? As many as I could. <laughs> so let me ask this then. When you um you're still dealing with the S ten? No, so funny story, I had my guy working in that for one summer and he crashed it. So that became an employee vehicle and then it met its death. <laughs> met its death. <laughs> All right. So where'd you end up going from there? Cause now you need new trucks, right? You needed a new truck. 
I was you cut off there for a second. Oh, I'm sorry. So then you needed a new truck? Yeah. So, well, no. So I bought my Tacoma and then that S10 got retired and then it became like an employee vehicle. So we just kept okay. it around. And then, uh, all right. So you're moving the trash and you're moving that stuff. And then you're getting, you ended up starting to get direct customers. Yeah. How did you yeah. go? All right. So how did that come about? Just, I mean, you know, providing service. So we would show up, give them a card every time we were there, maybe two cards, kind of our rule. Like every time we do something for somebody and they got a good experience, hey, here's two cards. You know, they can throw one in their purse and, you know, give it to their friend or something. So those repeats and referrals started, referrals, sorry, started coming in. And, you know, after that, I would just snowballed and started getting bigger customers. And just off of that Craigslist ad, it was surprised me even the amount of customers and the, how, you know, the scale of them, because we were doing Dick sporting goods. I mean, like major big box, big name stores, we would go in and handle all their scrap metal when they were moving a store or shutting one down or anything like that. So basically then, so this, basically this works is if they're doing construction or something's happening, what you basically do is say, okay, we'll come in and haul all this away. And then you give them a price yeah. And like, yeah, come get it. And the next thing you know, you're showing up with the trucks, cleaning up the spot, hauling it all away, trash and, and scrap metal, dividing all that, and then heading the way that you got to head with it. Mm -hmm. all right. So how's that work? Now, obviously, scrap metal, you take it to the, and you sell it. Uh, trash, you have to, uh, you just have to pay for the weight by the weight of the trash and then dump it in there at the pound, yep. at the old uh, dump. Yep. So now you're rolling with that trucks and you're actually getting dedicated customers that are just calling you straight direct saying, Hey, we're doing another job site and we need you guys to show up right off the bat. Correct? No, not off the bat. Not off the not bat. For a while. So it took some time basically. And yeah. it improved yourself. So I would say it was probably about two years until we could rely on repeats to where if I didn't post, we would still be doing 30% of the work. Gotcha. We still get about thirty percent of repeats. When did you end up? Uh, you get you, now. You ended up getting your CDL, correct? Yeah, yeah. Just this last year, back in February, finally went. Yeah, you have to stay in the state though, because you're obviously nineteen. Yeah. Uh, what was the decision on that? Uh, well, so that was a funny one too. So back in September last year, I was trying to find a truck to do dumpsters. So it's probably been year and a half that I've been trying to go into the dumpsters because I knew right off that that was going to be the natural like evolution. Like I can't just haul away stuff because, you know, I've got one trailer or one truck. And once we fill it up with something, we go to the dump and, Oh, we don't have the right paperwork or we can't dump today or they're closed. We came too late. We, you know, what have you. Right. So by doing that, it's, you know, we kind of set ourselves into one little hole. So if we could have dumpsters, well, we could go back to the yard, drop one, pick up an empty one and keep on going. So, oh. And that on that side of things too, now we can sort stuff. So, so those recyclables, we got a yard, basically metal company drops us a dumpster. We fill it up with metal, tell them when it's ready to go. So we don't have to, you know, worry about our tires blowing nails, this, that, and the other thing. We just dump it right on our yard. So, um, I knew dumpsters was going to be next. So it's been like a year and a half. I've been trying to make it happen. I've been looking at trucks, figuring out how I could do it. Um, finally in September, we were able to get enough financing to do like a single axle truck out of, uh, Florida, mm -hmm. tried doing that. They 
kept dropping the ball on us month after month. It was like two months later, we we're like, okay, this isn't going to work. We had to find a different truck. So with that, I was just kind of like, you know, well, I didn't think that I could get the financing, but now that I have it, let me just go get a dual tandem axle yeah. truck so that we can haul the big cans. Cause if I can only haul a 15 yard can and I got all these construction sites doing thirties and forties, I can't really compete. So I decided get the truck that happened in like October, finally got here. We had a drive away company bring it over. So they basically hired someone, drive it over with a CDL that could do it. They picked it up from Indiana, brought it over to us. And then I was basically going to hire a driver. Um, then I found out insurance was going to let me get on the insurance. Cool. I got my CDL. And then I was like, okay, we're going to get our CDL now. So then you took the seat. Did you take it in that truck? I did. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. and this is kind of the other thing I wanted to talk about too, because, yeah. you know, I know you've talked about it a lot and a lot of other guys talk about like going to school or working for a trucking company uh, yeah. to get your CDL uh, and then you're tied to them. But with me, I just found a couple of guys in my area that were willing to take me out or I paid a guy, you know, hundred bucks an hour to take me out who was an actual CDL um, tester. So, he do training on the side, so he'll mm-hmm. take you out hundred bucks an hour, and I got my CDL for like less than fifteen hundred bucks. All so said you, and done, so you had a truck, you had a CDL truck, a B truck, basically. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then you just found somebody. Well, technically, he was a trainer, but somebody could go out and find themselves a CDL driver because you had your permit. Yep, and basically, you paid him to sit in the seat and and tell you how to do it with your truck. Yeah, so I did it with my truck for a while with a couple guys. And then that trainer, he had a, a tractor trailer. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to get my A because I didn't want to have to go back and do it again. Right. So I went with him in his truck. And then the uh, testing company that I went with had a truck as well. So I was able to take my test in a tractor trailer, even though I didn't own one or didn't have a company that had one. So. Right. And, and so basically you just decided, you know, 15 hours, hundred bucks here, hundred bucks there, whatever you could do when you could do it, you jumped in the truck and drove it around. And of course, allegedly you might've drove your truck around a little bit on private property, may or may not have, no, just kidding. But basically I tried the first night, but I didn't know how to shift. <laughs> oh, that's all right. It, you picked it up though. And you're obviously can shift now. So, but no, and, and that's a good point that, that technically you find a way, you find a way to make things happen, right? It, it, yeah. it just, I got to make this happen. So let's fight. Let's make it happen. That's good. And, and that's something, another thing to think of is that find somebody that has one and, and that's willing to say, Hey, can you take me out? I'll pay you a little bit of money. And, and it costs money to get some, some of the stuff that you want. So you got to spend a little bit of money on it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty good. So the, after you get that, li- that license now, does, did you end up training your buddies to get the same B? No, not yet, but I'm going to send him in when we hit fall. So before February, mm-hmm. when we get our slow season, I'll send my guy in so he can get his before the February rules come in. Gotcha. He wants to get it, but we just, we got too late. So we're now into our busy season. Okay, because I want to mention that you have stuff coming up that you might want to see if you can get that thing quick. So, yeah, okay. what you already are fully aware of, that's good. So, now you've got that dumpster going out, and then how does that roll? So, now are you reaching back out to, to with Craigslist still and saying, hey, you know, we, now we've got a dumpster. Are you reaching out to those customers saying we also have a dumpster? How does that dumpster now affect, where do you put that in there? Yeah, so it's it's a little bit hard because we have so little, right? So we don't have 50 or 100 cans like the major companies around us. So we've got, basically, I've just got myself up to 12 cans. 
Mm-hmm. Four of those can go in like small residential. Those are our single axle truck that I built. So mm-hmm. those ones will go and then we got four of those. So we've got basically an ad. Um, there's a guy in our area who was doing it and then he got out of it because he does like SEO marketing for companies. So yeah. he built up like a dumpster rental listing on Google. So he's got like the number one spot for a couple areas. We pay him thousand bucks a month and then he sends all of his calls to us. So when somebody searches dumpster rental Portland, we're coming up in the first, you know, first few and then they'll call us. So that's how we're getting the majority of them. Once we get more cans, yeah, we're going to start reaching back out saying, hey, we offer this. Some of our good customers know it, but, you know, I go back down the list for people that we worked with before, start building those relationships with them once we can, you know, actually serve them efficiently and have enough for them so that we're not turning them away because we don't have any. Right. Right. So let me talk about that. So early on, and this is something we talked about a little bit when I called you to, you know, and, and you sent me the email was there was a time that you were uh, dealing with either brokers and things like that, that trash brokers or something. Was that it? Well, so we still, we still do. There's a couple that we work with. They're like national companies that will handle, you know, the dumpster services or like, um, liquidation services for certain companies and they'll find us and contact us a lot. So there's liquidation is like if a store's being shut down and they need the stuff that whatever they haven't sold or haven't transferred, they're like, clean out this store. You actually go into the store and pull the stuff out of the store and mm-hmm. throw it in the dumpster or throw it or take it out of there, haul it away. Mm-hmm. So, and then there was a time where, uh, like we talked about, you were rolling around and you were the uh, not not quoting the highest price. And then down the road, it's, it, the prices started to come up a little bit as you got bigger and bigger. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. No. So like at first, you know, I would pick up scrap metal for free or fridges for free. And right. that was bringing in more money than my 16 year old knew what to do with. Right. <laughs> right. But now as we've gone along, you know, we've got up to $25,000, dollars in expenses every month to care, you know, to cover employees, right. office, admin, all that stuff. So, you know, as we've gone along, obviously we've had to increase prices. So now we'll charge, you know, 75, 80 bucks for a fridge or 40 bucks to pick up scrap metal. If it's, you know, not worth it. Like if somebody's just got right. a washer, you know, our commercial guys obviously will take care of them, get them for free. Cause it's worth it for us to go in to one place. It's a bunch of stuff. But, you know, our price definitely have, had to increase and we're not going to be your Craigslist junkie with a trailer going around anymore because that's not what Those we are. Those days are done. Those days yeah. are done. Perfect. Yeah. So but we're also on top of our, you know, our calls, our leads, we're responding to everybody. You got an office person in place. So everyone's getting better customer service. And that's just, you know, what they're choosing is going over that rather than, you know, just your one guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, then there was a time, like I said, so then let, let me, let me talk about, let, let's talk back that. Let's, beep, let's back up a little bit. Let me rewind here. Where's my rewind button? So basically you've got, how did you start to figure out the prices that you, that you wanted to go and you wanted to do like right there, you're able to, you know, know what, you know, cause you went from, okay, let me pick this up free, but now you have this expense and you this expense of this expense. You're 19 years old and you now are doing, you know, you've got people working for you, you're paying employees, you got these services, and now it's time for you to establish prices and figure out how to build customers and things like that. So how did, how did that start to work out where you started to say, okay, I need this much for this and this much for this? Was it trial and error? Was it? 
Yeah, definitely trial and error. I mean, I was just figuring out what I wanted to make per day. That's a little bit based on how busy we are. If it's, you know, dead of winter, I'm not going to be quoting the same as I am right now because we're, you know, balls to balls busy, right? So just, you know, having that kind of flexible pricing and working with some customers to get some jobs, you know, if there's one that we really want to go after and we want to get it, you know, there's going to be more flexibility there. We'll work with them more and maybe more than another company would so that they'll go with us. But, you know, obviously we'll get in, quote a price. And now after doing it for so long, I can look at a pile, see how much space it's going to take up, how much time it's going to take and what the dump fee is going to be. Like I've got all that in my head now to where I can just show up, quote them a price or look at a couple of photos give them a ballpark and we're usually like pretty dead on and 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 fairly competitive i mean how much do you get the uh the uh i found somebody cheaper i found somebody cheaper we actually get that quite a bit Mm. um but i mean we just weed through the customers right because we're still advertising pretty hard on craigslist we've expanded into some other stuff and obviously we've got our repeats but you know a lot of that craigslist stuff is that cheap customer that we're still advertising to so they can go on there, find 10 different numbers and hit them all up in a few minutes. And everyone's giving a quote on the phone by text. So nobody has to come and schedule and come out quote or any of that. So it's really easy for somebody to get a bunch of quotes. So we'll actually be then weeding through those customers and we'll probably have three or four no's for every yes that we get. Right. So that, so once you get those, you get those no's, how many times are they, are they actually getting it done for that? Or is it basically they actually, somebody actually comes in and, and does it? Or do those guys call you back when the stuff's not picked up? We've been called back a couple times because yeah. somebody they'll like, they'll tell us like, you know, yeah, he showed up with a little pickup truck and you know, their photos don't show that. So, mm. you know, sometimes you get stuff like that. People will rip photos from the internet, from other companies and stuff like that. But, um, so there are, you know, obviously a couple bad apples out there, but we try to obviously separate. Yeah. Cause you're, I mean, you're showing up in legitimate equipment with vehicles or are, are, are legitimate trucks and, and name on there. You guys, you know, pro- wearing your own shirts and stuff like that too. And showing up in that. Yeah. Right yeah full insurance, full payroll, everything, all nine. Wow. And then uh, how does that, and you've, we don't have to say who your contracts are just cause we don't want anybody trying to go in on you, but you've scored how many, dedicated contracts basically bigger customers have you scored uh well it's actually kind of funny i mean we don't have any like paper contracts in place mm-hmm. because we're so good we need to though <laughs> but people will just call us i mean we've got direct customers with stores and the big box people where their their managers or staff will just text us directly so if they get a pile of stuff they need they'll just text us hey can you come you know, we've developed relationships with the customers to where they know us, they know what they're getting and they just, here's a picture. When can you come type of thing now? Mm. Okay. So basically you're just, you're just, you're just got yourself. And how did you do that? How did you establish yourself with that? Like when you're, when you're, you're, you're interacting with that customer and you show up for that first, let's say you're going to show up for a larger company and stuff and, and to pick something up, you first get that quote, talk, kind of walk me through that whole process in your head and how you kind of go through that. Yeah. I mean, really. So like I said, all of our stuff is pretty much handled over text. Mm-hmm. So customer has our phone number from Craigslist or wherever they get it. They can call us obviously, or email us if they prefer, but our big thing is you can text us. So anytime they can text and they can get a quote. So, you know, I'll respond to people at eight, 10 o'clock at night if I'm around 
if they text us for a quote. So anytime somebody hits us up, you just text us, here it is, here's the location, and then we just shoot you a price. So it's really easy. It's really frictionless for a customer. And if the price is good, then they'll have us out. And then at that point, we're just doing our thing. So really for us, like the whole junk removal stuff, I mean, yeah, we're we're like a service company, but really it's like sales because, you know, there are 10, 20, 30, 40 other people that will do the same thing that we will. And everyone can go to the dump. We don't have to have some special contractor's license to go to the dump. That's public. So what we're doing is really just sales, selling ourselves on better service, better, you know, response rates, you know, all that sort of stuff to where if I get hurt or I got to go for the day or I'm down in Cali on a vacation, that customer is still being handled because we have the, you know, processes in place for them 24-7. So you brought up a good point there too. Was uh, that text is fris- is frictionless? Whew, you hurt me on that one. Uh, but basically, you you found out that the best way that customers want to respond was text, so you went with that. Yeah. And as soon as you started to see that they wanted to talk text, they wanted to type, they wanted to send the photo. That was the way you started to say, okay, this is how we're going to do this. This is the best way customers respond. They like this. We're going to go yeah. with that. So rather than say no, you have to call or no, you have to email. Or, you know, no, you, whatever you just said, you, you kind of read the people and said, they like to text. Let's go with that. Yeah. And then you Some just, customers like to play phone tag, but most of them will text. Really? And- Good. Yeah. Then I think that's important. I think realizing how your customer, the best way your customers want to communicate with you and, and, and actually training your customer, you know, going with that so that you can basically go make it easier on your customers, a big deal. And I think that's something that, you know, you might've not thought of is, but that's actually a huge deal is that you made it, you converted your business to respond to the way the customers want to respond with you rather than forcing them to respond the way you want them to respond. So you yeah. work on that. So that was a big deal. So, and then you walk up at that, you know, so once you get on site with that person, what is kind of the, the, you know, they say, Hey, come pick this up or Kate, hey, can you come out and take a look? I got a whole bunch of stuff that's got to go. I'll meet you at site. Um, blah, blah, blah. What's that kind of, How's that kind of go? How's that, you know, that first contact with that customer kind of go to, to establish yourself as who you are? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, it's just getting there, figuring out what their problem is. So, you know, where's the stuff? How quickly do we got to get it out of here? How many loads? So in my head, I'm starting to figure out those logistics, how we're going to do the job. And that's going to influence, obviously, the cost. So right there, when I'm with the customer, I'm giving them a quote right then and there. So I'm looking at it, we're meeting. Here's your quote. You know, I don't have to. They don't have to wait to hear back from me. I'm not getting back to them a week later. Hey, here's your written quote, because then that takes more time from us. It's just we show up. Here's, you know, here's the quote. And then at the end of that, too, it's like, here's the price. But also explain to them how we're going to do it, how many guys we're going to bring out. They're my guys. We're insured, you know, making them feel comfortable if they did hire us. And on top of that, obviously, making sure that they understand that we're not just there to haul their trash away, that, hey, you know, even if we don't do this for them, here's all the stuff that we do do. Here's our card. Here's everything. You know, if you need us for anything in the future as well, this is what we can help you with it also. So when you give them that quote, are you just basically saying, let me text it to you right here? Bam. I'm just, I'm just talking with them or yeah, if they're offsite, if they're a property manager, call or text them as well. Cause you said, written. Really, how are you giving them the written quote? We don't. Oh, I thought you said you, you, you give them a written quote, basically. Well, yeah, sometimes we'll email them sometimes. You email them? I thought you were texting it to them right then and there. So, and then at that point, you're basically saying, okay, we're going to haul this out. And then they just say, do it. 
Yeah. And then are you issuing credit? Is it basically, how's that, the, the payment process work? Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, everything with us kind of relating back to that trucking company thing, like we're all cash on delivery, you know, 99% of our stuff. So we're either paid before the job, during the job, or at the end of the job. Rarely are we ever like issuing that credit to them because there are so many other customers out there for us that we don't have to be messing around with 30, 60, 90, or right. anything like that. You know, we've turned, but, we've turned away big box customers because they are that 30, 60, 90 or whatever that we don't want to deal with. Gotcha. So you'll let somebody else handle that, that type of thing. And you'll just handle the ones that I want to throw. So I, and how, and payments like PayPal or how are they, I mean, they're they giving you checks. Like how does the payment usually work? Yeah. Again, try to be as frictionless as possible. So cash, nice. check, Venmo, cash app, or we have it even set up where they can just go on our website and make a payment with their credit card. So we don't have to take their numbers over the phone or their card info or any of that. They just do it all on their own. They can go in and it does everything for it. Wow. That's uh and how many guys you got working for you? Uh, right now we're at like three full time plus myself. And that's, and then how many total like office, you have somebody in the office and everything. How many? Yeah. That'd be so four total with me Four total with you. And then how does that, did you have a business training? Like, how did you just get into this and say, I mean, was there a formal training that you took or you just said, I mean, how did you figure out how to, I mean, your LLC and everything else going on, where did you get all that info from? Yeah, no, I mean, that was just, like I said to you, it was just all strictly YouTube or figuring it out on my own. Just YouTube all that University. YouTube university, baby. Exactly. Yeah. You're, stu- you're studying at the YouTube university. How are you digging this stuff up? Like, what are you basically saying? You know, I need to know. I mean, everything from I need to know an LLC to are you saying, you know, trash pickup companies and just watching other people? Is that basically all you're you're pretty much doing? Yeah, exactly. And on top of that, you know, searching for what I need the info on. So like you said, like, you know, how to incorporate your business, what structure, this, that and the other thing. But um, going on and actually looking at what other people are doing out of just curiosity and that learning seeing what other people, how they're handling their customers and their company and their stuff. Um, and another big thing for me was once I started to get those really good customers was like, you know, the few that I have a really good relationship with. If I got an issue with, you know, a new customer or property manager, or these people aren't paying or they're not doing, you know, X, Y, Z, hit those guys up for advice. Like, hey, how do you take payment? Hey, how do you handle this with a customer? Hey, have you ever dealt with this? So going and, you know, actually helping each other with some of the contacts and people that I work with. So they'll come to me for stuff and I'll go to them and it just kind of build everybody up. So are you working with, um, let me ask this. So there are other trash pe- people that you're also networking with and working and, and, and stuff like that, or is just you're on your own type. The trash stuff is pretty much just on own. Yeah. And scrap metal the same. Yeah. All right. So, and then how far of an area do you actually cover? I mean, we'll go out 150 air mile. Really? I mean, we've gone far. We've gone Seattle for jobs or down to California for certain things. Wow. That far. The customer's paying. (laughs) There are a lot of times that happens too. Uh, Good amount. I mean, we'll maybe not like that far, but you know, we'll go pretty much all over. How are they? What's that? How do they find you? Craigslist, the same thing, same type of stuff. Oh, you're hitting Craigslist all over the place. No, but they'll find us down here if they need something. Or maybe they're like in Portland, but they live, you know, they have a property somewhere else that they need. 
mm. some of those property management companies. But I mean, we'll do, I know back in, so for all of June, we did about 5,000 miles on, on the trucks. Wow. So what, uh, how did this start? Like in regards to, do you do more residential? Do you do more business? Like what is that? How's that kind of pan out? Uh, I'd say it's probably 60 or 70% residential. And then the rest is businesses as far as the, the job that we're doing job by job. Right. So how did you end up hiring? I mean, the, the, all the guys, you know, just from were went through in high school or did you put it? I mean, how'd that work? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really put, put it out there as far as hiring. I haven't done the indeed or anything like that. Yeah. So just going through, you know, some of the guys that I knew from high school, some of the good guys. And by now I've locked in with one really good one from high school who I was good buddies with for a couple of years. And then, you know, change schools and all that, but, you know, circle back around. He was looking for a job because he was moving and came in, worked out. He's been with us for like a year now. So, and he's like my number one. So it's been really awesome. And that's gotten me off the truck a lot more. So that was kind of the biggest pivotal thing was actually finally being able to hire somebody and knowing I was going to take a hit on the income, uh, you know, short term, but thinking long term that that was going to let me grow it and build it even bigger. So, Got him in place, got him to take over that like day to day stuff. And that's how I was able to kind of build up getting my CDL, taking time for that and starting the dumpsters. So then, okay. So now he's doing that. Where does that put you now in the, in the role of of the business structure? Where, what's your goal now with what you're handling? Yeah. So, I mean, initially having him come in, it was, you know, starting to do some of that CDL work and the dispatching so I could stay on top of the customers since I was off the truck, I could, you know, respond to them a lot quicker, get to things, repost our apps more, get more business coming in to fill him up. Uh, so he would basically run out himself, another guy, basically crew two, go out, do the jobs. Um, just in the last month, I was able to train our office uh, manager now. So she handles everything coming in, all the invoicing and quotes that need to go out if they do. Other than that, she's handling everything that comes in, scheduling the jobs. She's kind of that point of contact for the crews. So I'm not as reliant um, on being available now. So I can go out and kind of grow the business network. And that's what I'm going to start getting into is going out, seeking direct customers, going out and, you know, telling people about us and stuff. So what's your plan of attack for that? Seeking direct customers. What's your kind of, are you looking for the residential thing? Are you How are you looking to do that process? Uh, I think for us, we're going to lock into commercial because you got a lot of those guys doing residential and there's a lot of advertising money that it's going to take to do that. So if we lock into the commercial stuff, then, you know, we can actually provide a lot more value because we have a wider range of equipment that would serve them better than your residentials. So we're going to lock in with those, get contracts in place, start doing, you know, like monthly or weekly services for them. Mm. So when you say uh, more advertising, so basically you'd have to pay more to get to the top of the list for that residential because there's so many other people that are are trying. So for you, you said, okay, time to pan off here. Let this one go and go to this side because everybody's hitting this side. You're going to try to shoot the bigger boys, basically. So in regards to getting them, what's the approach for those, for them? Uh, I mean, just coming in as kind of the underdog, obviously explain them like what we do, our story, our kind of thing. And, you know, starting to do some trial stuff with them, let them see how we work and, you know, how we can basically solve their problems and make their life easier. And that'll get us in the door and then we'll be locked in. So, 
you know, kind of doing that, like maybe once a week we go through, do their trash enclosure because you got apartments and condos and stuff. People just throwing stuff out by the curb or expecting it to be picked up, but they don't understand that (laughs) the garbage truck can't pick up their couch. Right. Yeah, that that's it'll go. Somebody will take it. Um, But all right. So then you approach them and you basically go in there. So is that is there specific areas you're looking to hit or how's that? You know, how's that reach out from where you're already at? Like, at what point do you feel you could be you? It's overextending yourself from not like how much more room do you have? Think you have to grow with what you have now? Uh, Right now, I mean, we're probably running at like 50 percent capacity right now. Really? And 50 yeah. capacity is what your highest month? Is that what we just talked about? Yeah. And what what's the 50 percent capacity as your highest month? What was that number? Uh, allegedly, it's somewhere around 50 gross. 50 million? Thousand. $50,000. And that's picking up trash, basically, and, and, and stuff. And you're at 50 percent capacity. Yeah. Crap load of expenses. Don't get me wrong, but expenses wise, where are you kind of allegedly where are you kind of looking at uh, expenses wise for something like this? We're usually fall between 30 and 35 right and now. That's, and that's payroll insurance. And, and um, are they W2, 1099 people basically? Yeah, W2, all W2 with full workers. All right. You are you've got full W2 workman comp insurance employees yeah <laughs> okay let me make sure i get this right you have <laughs> how many because that are, are you also you uh, w2 yourself uh well yeah i'll get into that in a second but yeah, right. I, uh, so let me make sure you've got how many full w2 insured vacation they get vacation uh whenever they want but we're, whenever we're they want. What, uh, what are you hiring uh we're looking you, you expanded to Maine? Uh, no. Well, I think your market would probably dip a little bit for us. It would dip a lot. We have trees. <laughs> if you are haul off trees, you'd be in good shape. Okay. So you have how many? All of them. Everyone. So that's four because you're, you're five. You're five, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So four W2. Wow. So that's uh, – and how, and you set that up yourself basically. Yeah. You got them and all. They get a lot of overtime, so – and they're the after 40. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, we don't have to know the, how much they're making because obviously, what, I don't, what is minimum wage there, just so I know, in that state? I think we're at like 13 or 14, I want to say. Uh, you don't even know. So you're paying above minimum wage. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't even matter. I, or else everybody's like, I don't know how much it is. We don't care. Wow. Okay. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So go ahead. So how are we? Uh, How's the owner getting paid? Uh, well, I just take what I need right now. I'm putting everything back into the business as fast as we can. So I take enough to pay for my food and living and, you know, feel that sort of thing. But other than that, we're just, everything's back into the business. Wow. And that's, um, I ain't gonna lie. You're doing some stuff that other people don't think they can do is that W2 thing and setting that up as W2. What made you go that route? Uh, well, we had to obviously, cause I mean, they're, they're getting their schedule from us. So you can't contract that. And obviously the insurance side of things. So they're driving my trucks, company trucks, mm-hmm. company insurance, you know, all that, you know, got to keep my ass covered. And that, uh, so basically you had to look at that and say, okay, 
I just need to charge. I need to sell myself enough. I need to sell my company enough to be able to cover these expenses. Yeah. Well, and that's the other side of that too, is like, we can go into those commercial customers and say, look, you want, you want our certificates? Cause a lot of other guys aren't going to show you certificates. Explain that. Explain that. Yeah. Just our workers comp and uh, you know, all the insurance stuff. So our general liabilities and the workers comp, we can send to them, say here, put it on file. You want to be an additional insured, let us know, but we got full coverage. So we come in, my guys come in, slip and fall. You're good. Here's your insurance certificate. And that, um, is that a big deal? Is that a big deal to them that they want to see that? Oh yeah. No, it's been a requirement for some of the customers to get into for us. So that's, and, uh, okay. So when you started your company, you went right into that W2 or it took a little bit. Took a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That was what you worked for. That was your goals to say, I knew where I had to go. I knew what I had to do. So I need to work this hard. So selling you basically that, promotional thing and stuff like that will allow you to, to get your pricing up, get your truck you needed, get the price and, and be able to quote the proper price you needed to, to actually get your W2 employees and make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been really easy. What we use is square. So the same payment processing, you go to the donut shop, they got their little tablet that you do your credit card on is that square yep. stuff. They're like 35 bucks a month and they handle everything. So I just put in the hours, put in the bank info and they do the rest. They do all the tax filings, all the government stuff. It's like 35 bucks a month. For a, for a, each person or just total? Third, it's like 35 flat rate and then five bucks a person per W-2. And that's square? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then those guys go into it and, and they get set up basically that it's either direct deposited or... Yep. And they can log their hours in there too. That's a payroll or time clock for them as well. Oh, so they're logging their hours through square also basically. Yeah. And then you're just seeing it and then you're paying off of that. Got yeah. How did you come up with that one? Uh, well, we were using Square initially for our payments. So for our credit cards with customers and then seeing that they had the, the other features. Mm. So basically you just investigated more into it and said, hey, what can these people do for me since I'm already doing this? Got yeah. It. That's, uh, that's pretty good. I ain't gonna lie. That's pretty good. So now that you've got that, you've got them staged up W2, um, and you're promoting yourself. When did it that kick over? Did that kick over from that kind of start once you got that Craigslist and started really making that money? Uh, yeah, I mean, once we had you know that guy in place to mm-hmm. where I could go and hit the marketing harder and actually deal with the stuff that was coming in instead of just posting and letting people go to the next guy. Uh, if we didn't respond fast enough, once we could stay on top of that, that really like kicked us and accelerated all the growth because. You know, instead of me being on the truck and, you know, I'll show up, it's eight in the morning. I got a couple of texts to respond to. I send them a quick text. I drive to the job. It might be 30, 45 minutes later until they've answered the question I had. I send them another question. Like, let's say, you know, hey, can you send me a couple of photos? Okay, they do it 45 minutes later. All right, what area is it located in? You know, well, by that point, they've already found somebody else who's been, con- you know, talking with them. You know, so if we're on it, we get to them, respond quickly, then they know how that's going to set up the expectations for the rest of their experience. So that seems like it's very important is that quick response time. It's got to be quick. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And then, yep. Come get it. And then next thing you know, you're off and running. Yeah. Because if I'm always taking 45 minutes to get back to them, what happens if we're running late? They're not going to know, you know? Right. So keeping them in the loop and giving them that communication that like, Hey guys are 30 minutes away or Hey, here's a link 
This is this is our live ETA. Here's our location. You want the GPS? Here you go. Gotcha. So okay. So basically, then you've got that. Um, where where are you looking to go with this? Big as we can. So you are heading to Maine. Uh, maybe. All right. Or somebody else will. <laughs> so what? But like next steps, what's your basically your next step is to go commercial. But where, I mean, are you looking for to do more of the dumpster, more, more of the trucks, more of the resident? Like where, I mean, cause you obviously sit down and you, you, you seem to plan, you seem to know where you want to go. Right. Yeah. In regards to things. So where's, what's the steps in, in, that you're kind of looking to do? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to let that residential stuff build up more because I, that's good customers still. Mm-hmm. So we'll still take those. We're not going to go like commercial only. Right. Um, I'll probably focus on that side of things, the commercial stuff, um, and obviously get as many dumpsters as we can. Um, big thing for us, too, is to have some dumpsters for ourselves so that we can sort stuff, save ourselves on the dump fees. You know, concrete, cardboard, metal, all that stuff can recycle for free and not pay the dump fee on. So kind of expanding our processes. And eventually I want to have my castle, my land and you know, get a place that's, you know, centrally located and build it the way we need it so that it works for us. We can start sorting stuff and, and keep moving along. Okay. So do you mind talking numbers? Sure. All right. So first year you have all that information on there because this isn't set up at all. I'm just, we just, we just have conversations yeah. here. So I might be setting him up for something. He hasn't, he's not no, right. Here. No, it's, it's right on my Excel spreadsheet. Okay, perfect. He's more prepared for this than, than I was. All right. First year, where were we at first year? Uh, first year, officially on the books, worth 30000 All right. And that that's was- from five months. It's about five months. All right. That's not average. That's just you searching that YouTube. That's search, not YouTube. Searching Craigslist and trying to find the, trying to find your customers, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if we look at everything from when I started and I was just doing things myself before I established the business. Yeah. That was like March to December of that first year. It was about 53,000. Nice. All right. So let's, then we're going to go, uh, that's you and your buddy, right? Yeah. All right. Well, that's mostly me. That's right. Yeah. Second year, you're like, is where you at? Second year, did you start the, the Craigslist ad? Uh, well, we had Craigslist ads going from day one. Um, but just getting more processes in place, more repeat customers, more things like that. Uh, we just about tripled it on year two. So year two, so we're, we're 30,000. So now we're at 90. Uh, we're one forty five. Right, that's more than tripling 30. So, you know, triple to 50. Okay. <laughs> triple to 50. Okay. Triple to 50. So now you're at one forty five in the second year. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, 145, what do you get? Do you got the, the, the other trucks yet? When does the other trucks come in? Uh, 145, we're running basically one one truck, and that's still me on the truck. So one truck and trailer. One truck and, and the hotshot trailer, the, the, basically, that dump trailer. Well, not hotshot. Yeah, actually yeah, hotshot. Um, all right. So we third year. Where are we at third year? So we're at 145. 50 to 145. Where are we at? Number three. Yeah, so third year be 2020. So running all through there, obviously you got a little bit of issues in February and March, but after that, we just kind of blew up because everybody was home. So everyone's buying new furniture, oh, fixing yeah. up their place, doing their decks, doing all that stuff. We hit about 250. 250. So during the uh, uh, the vid area, when everybody's home, we yeah. went from 50 to 145 to 250. 
Yeah. So you were and at- it wasn't until halfway through that to when we started running two trucks. All right, so halfway through you, you're running two trucks then. Still, so yeah, halfway of that is still me on the truck, and then we transitioned about in June. And how many people? Two people, just you and your buddy still, or is you got you got a third on there? It's got to be a third. Well, that was a third, yeah. So then that was like around August. They started going out with uh, Buddy and uh, his guy. So full crew, two guys on it, plus me whenever I needed to. So that was two fifty. So that was last year. Yep. All right, where are we where are we at this year? Clark. This year we're coming in at two hundred so far. Halfway right. through, halfway through, you're at two hundred thousand dollars. Yep. I think we're gonna break the two fifty. I think, I think we're gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the odds on on the over, not the under. All right. Yeah. And your busy season. Tell me about your busy season. Yeah, typically that's gonna be uh, July is our our biggest kind of outlier. It jumps up for whatever reason. Okay. So if you look back at 2020, cause you're keeping your stats, you can kind of see where you're at. So you're at 2020. What are your high months that year? Uh, so yeah, highest would have been July there hit about 28 at the high. And then we kept it pretty consistent through the rest of the year. We did another month of 28 in October, but you know, basically you look at the chart, it's been pretty steadily, you know, growing obviously as we're adding trucks, adding people, adding processes. All right, so you're then okay. So then, looking at the, this year's chart, let's just say you just hit fifty this month. Yeah, fifty-five grows. Last July you were twenty-eight. This year you're at fifty-five. So if we're so you should stay pretty steady at that fifty-five mark, is what you're telling me. Let's yeah. say fifty mark. So yeah, we just added another truck this last month, so that'll go into service here in the next week. You just added another truck. Yeah. What, 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 what's that one? What's that truck? That is the uh, new F550 I'm showing you. Mm. That's the. Uh, I wonder if I could. I'll, and I'll, I'll I'll put some up. Uh, that's the 550 pulling the dumpster, right? Let me uh, it was a 550 behind the on the trailer. Okay, got that one. And what's that truck looking to run? I'll actually forward this. Let me get this. I get this going. So we have we have no production value here. I'm just kind of doing this as I go. So, what's what's that one going to be heading toward? That's going to be going towards residential. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty pretty much. So that'll be kind of the daily. Uh, we'll do some heavier hauling with that as well. Uh, some flatbed trailer stuff with uh, some of our commercials. But um, basically, our old truck was just breaking down every time and. At this point, we can't start the old truck without brake cleaner. So, time, <laughs> time to get a new well, one. Uh, you are a true trucking company sometimes. We're doing uh, <laughs> things that, that's going on. So, um, well, that's another thing, too. So, do you have mechanics that you kind of go with, or how's that all work with your equipment? No, we just have a couple of shops that we go through, and then I'll do whatever lighter stuff I can. So, like, obviously, you know, your lights and paint and stuff, all the pretty stuff I'll do if it's easy. <laughs> pretty stuff so how much uh how much maintenance do you guys kind of do in your equipment a lot there's stuff that always needs to get done who's does and uh is, so are you mechanical basically inclined or do you have your on your the buddies do they also do that is that part of the uh the w2 employee people no i do what i can so i'll do some like welding and fabrication stuff on the trucks um, that's what I was doing back this winter. I built out, um, the single axle truck, basically bought it as a box truck and then threw a whole dumpster rails on it, uh, fabricated all that. 
So I'll do any of that stuff. Um, like I said, lights, those sort of maintenance things, but anything heavier than that, we'll go to, to a shop and we still don't have like a garage or anything where we could do oil changes, but that's hopefully coming. Wow. That is, uh, switching this stuff over here. Give me a second here. I need to hire a producer. I can't afford a W2 producer. That's, that's my problem. So I'm going to have to just wing the stuff myself. All right. There's the truck. Let's take this down and do this. And let's pop this up here. And we'll slide this over. And let's share the screen here. Share screen. We'll go with this one. Share. And let's go like this. So there's our new one. Branch banking new. Is that what we're looking at here? Yep. Five miles. Five miles on it. <laughs> so then what do we do from uh, after this? You end up putting the bed on it and stuff like that? Or what's the what's the plan there? Yeah, so that bed off of the old 550 there that it's pulling with the gooseneck, that'll go on it. Uh, right now, we just sent that to Powder Coat this last week. So it'll come back and then we'll install it brand new. It'll look brand new. <laughs> brand new, yeah. Wow. So, ended, and then, so basically you ended up uh, having to build credit, learn how to build credit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So back in that September truck, that semi roll off, um, yeah. took a couple shitty equipment loans for it, but it was able to finance this one based on that. Cause you obviously as a 19 year old probably didn't have uh, super credit because probably didn't have much credit at all. So that took right. a process to build also. Yeah. So, yeah. So all the credit and stuff is on the business. Nobody will even give me a credit card. <laughs> <laughs> so you, let me make sure. So you don't even have a credit card. I got one. I was, Apple. Apple gave me one. Apple was, gave me one too. Those apples. Apple's foolish. They should never done that. I don't know what's wrong with them. Probably uh, buy so much of their crap. Well, yeah, that's probably it too. Because I have the computer, so they're probably like, yeah, give this guy something. That's uh. Yeah, that's impressive. That's definitely impressive. So not able to get a credit card on your own personal thing, and you're out there buying multiple trucks now. Yeah. And uh, making now, so you're looking to make. If the math is right, you're looking where you think you'll be at the end of the year. It should goes, be close to seven hundred and fifty. Seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Nineteen and uh, when you, when are you putting up the mansion? I don't know. We got to, you know, architects and crap, man. <laughs> <laughs> what the, I, I, when I when I start paying myself, you start paying yourself. So you might have. So what are you? So basically, right now you're still investing all the money back into the company at this point, taking what you did. What's yeah, yeah. And I'll kind of hit on what you talked about there earlier. So I'm W two. I'm not on like payroll yet. I'll take the kind of like owners draws and stuff, and then that'll get some of that will go to payroll at like the end of the year for payroll taxes. But you know, I just take out whatever I need. And um, kind of that mindset stuff you were talking about, you know, with LLC and stuff. So mm-hmm. kind of from day one, I set up as S Corp because I knew I was going to be building the business and not focused on any personal income. Because obviously with my age, I don't have any mortgages or bills or kids, you know, wife, things like that. So right, everything from day one was S Corp. It was never like LLC and then it went to S Corp. It was just that was kind of the, the mindset going forward. Right. Just setting yourself up for where you want to be, not where you're at. Basically. Yeah. All right. So you're doing that and you're, you're doing that. What's the next piece of equipment you're looking to get? I mean, cause you obviously have the people to drive this stuff, right? So are you yeah. at a point now where you have, you need more people or you need more equipment? 
Uh, a little bit of both. I would say it's more people right now. We're probably looking for one or two more here soon. Um, at this point, it's just upgrading the old equipment. So getting to that place now to where like this, you know, like I was saying, our that old truck there keeps breaking down. You know, that's costing us money. Guys are sitting on jobs, sitting in front of customers' houses, that sort of thing. Got to keep the equipment up, get new stuff, get, you know, reliability in place mm-hmm. and then expand from there. So that's that's kind of my focus right now is is the reliability thing. On so some at, of those at some point, it's basically, OK, truck's not worth fixing is we got to replace it. We got to take it out. It, it's it's that trade off between, you know, do we keep fixing it or we just, you know, let her pass and, and move on to the to the next truck. So yeah. for you, well, my big thing, too, on that is just the, the appearance. So the company that we want to come out and look like to them. Right. And that seems to be in this industry. And, and that's, I think, another thing that you've kind of capitalized on is that this industry is an industry that the others don't look this good. Right. Yeah. You, and some of them don't need to be doing what you're doing. They don't need to have the W2 employees. They don't need to have this. They're kind of, you know, winging it LLC. Right. You know, right. Yeah. Usually. And basically here you are and you're showing up in new equipment and, 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 proper attire and you know respectful to the things and and that goes a long way in this industry i think yeah because it's really something different than just you know people are nervous when they people show up at their house picking up scrap trash and stuff like that they want that professional look that they're they don't think that they're just going to end up taking the whole garage you know only taking the parts they're supposed to take not the car in the driveway um is that something you kind of found with with a lot of them that they've that they've came to you and said, Oh, you guys do a real good job. And I was a little nervous picking up and uh, calling somebody on Craigslist. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, all the time, like, you know, cause you can schedule a job with us within five minutes and, we'll, and you'll be on our schedule. So they like, they're like, wow, I didn't expect this to be that easy. Really? And then once you show up and stuff, they, 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 their mindset's kind of ease and they're like, you know, I also have this, this, is that kind of pretty much how it works that they, next thing you know, they're picking up one thing and you, you they, yeah. And I mean, we've obviously, we established super early our website and our Google stuff. So we got reviews and we're, we look professional. So even before we show up, they know what's coming and then we're on time. Is that a big deal in that? Is that is for, for this type of stuff? Cause are people usually waiting for it to pick up or is are they, you know, before work or after work? Like how does that usually. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, yeah, people either taking time off work or your property managers or sit, um, real estate agents are meeting us somewhere or maybe the homeowners are meeting us somewhere. So if we're late, then that that's way bigger of a deal than like your, your shippers and stuff. Cause they're there nine to five. So right. come never, but for us, when we show up somewhere, sometimes the homeowner's not home all day. Now, I mean, COVID's made that a lot easier. Right. We can show up and they're pretty much there. So the scheduling has been way nicer for that. And a lot of our appointments to where typically we would be like a Sunday, Saturday was our biggest days. Now we don't even almost have to work on Saturday and Sunday because people are just always home and they'll schedule right. things whenever. So let me, let me ask that. So that's scheduling. Like how many how are you rolling out with that? Like, are you looking at, I mean, is there a, how do you sit down and you say, okay, who maps this stuff out? Right. Cause it's, you're, you're mapping these pickups out and it's like, you know, I, when I used to work at us food service, they, they'd route me and I'd have the same route because I went to the same restaurants every week. So I, I had that route memorized. So how are you actually routing this and who's routing this to make sure that it's efficiently picked up in order? Uh, yeah. I mean, right now we're kind of 
taking whatever we get. So we're, we're not, uh, we don't have direct customers to the point to where we have a sketch schedule. So that's kind of what we're going to be expanding into is getting more of like a route going mm -hmm. uh, with some of those larger customers. But right now it's just like, you know, I couldn't tell you half of the schedule for Monday morning because typically a lot of our stuff will come in same day or the day before for scheduling. Mm. So you're just crisscrossing all over the place. You could be picking up here, yep. then going to pick up here and going right back to the place that you picked up next door neighbor because they yep. just called. Wow. So you're, you're on call, your 911 uh, trash pickup service, basically. Exactly. You yep. just need to get your sirens and everything, right? Rolling through there like Ghostbusters. Yep. Wow. That, so then, all right. So how much are they kind of looking? I mean, what's the day? Is it to, for, for your employees? It's basically, okay, start at this time, stop at this time. And like, what, how do you basically say, okay, we're done for the day when everybody's picked up? Like, what's usually the plan? So that type of. Plan. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a whenever everybody's picked up. So, I mean, I got really good guys in place that love to work pretty well. <laughs> um, but so they've worked. I mean, we've done jobs overnight. Where do we've you find these love to work guys? Where do you find these these love to work guys? No, go ahead. I know, I know, right? But I mean, yeah, we've done jobs into 3 a.m. before with them. Really? I so mean, some of our customers have called on us for that. And that those are usually commercial customers, basically. Yeah. Is the residential customers calling at 3 a.m. There's kind of rolled up rugs or something, right? Is that what we're thinking here? Rolled up rugs at 3 a.m.? No. Something like that. Some yeah. Other we, we don't want to pick up any of those. Um, that's, our, that's our super hot loads. <laughs> those are super hot loads. Yeah, those are just-in-time stuff. Um, how do you uh, – so that, that, that 3 a.m. pickup, basically, how often is that kind of happening? Is that basically like what, what would a 3 a.m. pickup be? What would the reasoning usually for that? Well, we'll do a few of them a year. So right now, the one that we did about a month ago was a barn they had to clear out. Um, and basically, they were renting the property and they had to be out by a certain time. So they were they were down to the last minute. So oh. we were going out and, and taking everything out of there so they could clear out their lease. Gotcha. Gotcha. Is that, so that stuff now, a lot of the real estate and stuff like that is like rental properties that either people are leaving or they can kicked out or stuff like that. And they just, of course, leave their trash because they're just leaving it because they rented it. Yeah. And property managers and stuff like that. So how does that, they're also just calling or is that basically somebody that you've got dropped off cards? Cause a lot, it seems like a lot of the people that are just calling you. So uh, from your Craigslist stuff or from repeat business or cards. So what yeah. are you finding out kind of pulls in the most now that you've done this for a while, the card drops off or still that Craigslist. It's still, it's going to be that crazy list. Like I said, I mean, we're probably 30, 40% repeats by now, which is awesome, but it's still primarily Craigslist. And repeats, when you say repeats, it's the same person, but so you don't know if they're giving your number to somebody else then. Basically. Yeah. That's yeah. Unless you're saying, Hey, I got your card from Susan Smith or something basically. Yeah. Okay. That's what, that's what I was wondering. Like that, that actually, if they have people were actually saying, you know, any referral type things, that type of referrals. Yeah. All right, so he still won't let us know. Maybe it's maybe it's top secret information. So, after where are we looking to go with with this thing? Where's the where? Like I said, I, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold you to it there. Besides putting up the old castle there, what are you actually looking to? What's the next? Is it the dumpsters? Yeah, I mean it's just it's building everything bigger. So getting more people in place to do things, um, building up the dumpsters because like like I mentioned to you, that dumpster stuff is kind of that drop and hook. So right. that is really good money, really good business because the truck shows up and, you know, you got one guy on the truck instead of two. 
you know, and we don't have to touch anything. That's that's our no touch freight drop and hook. <laughs> oh, so that's, that's super uh, nice. And uh, that you know, the dumpsters are going to allow us to get into those commercial customers that are more year round rather than your residentials that are doing stuff when it's nice outside. So building up that commercial size is going to make us more resilient to the ebbs and flows of the seasons and, and it's going to build up our revenues. So doing that. And I mean, obviously long-term, I mean, I don't have any plans to sell it. I'm just going to build it as big as we can and be your number one. So have the best equipment, most versatile service, and easiest to reach. And I really think that's something that we'll probably expand on into other services just because we'll take that same like business model and, you know, grow that just because, you know, a lot of times I'm, I'm sure you've dealt with it. You try to hire an electrician, you try to schedule a service company to do something. You probably go through 20 guys and only five of them will pick up and two of them will get back to you with a quote. So right. it's actually pretty easy to, to do good in business. That is, yeah, for me, that is, um, what works for me quite well is because I do overdimensional freight and I quote it myself, I can get the quote back within five, 10 minutes where everybody else who doesn't quote it, other brokers are basically calling three carriers to try to get a price. And by the time those carriers get back and quote it, it could be the next day where I'm like, here, here's your quote. And and so for me, that's a huge, and it sounds like it's a huge thing for you is because it's like, boom, here's your quote. Hey, I need this picked up. Send me a picture. Boom. Five, you know. Five minutes later, boom, here's your quote. Okay, when can you come get it? Be there tomorrow. Perfect. Done. Yep, exactly. And and it's that 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 basically says, okay, we're good to go. And and next thing you know, it's it's all it's picked up. And and now with that dumpsters, do you are you buying the dumpsters? Are you ready? Yeah, yeah and we're kind of that's why I think we're gonna put that on hold a little bit because mm-hmm. of the fuel pricing. Oh, that you're seeing uh, dumpster prices go up. Yeah, we were buying them for thirty five hundred bucks, and now they're like sixty five hundred bucks. Really? Let's open up this one here. So that uh, and when did that start? Basically, when, when everything else started going up. Yeah, that was like August, right, of last year. After you had the the lows, then it, things started picking back up. Then that was that. Gotcha. Oh, hang on, let me get this out of the way. That's one of our dumpster trucks, basically. Yep. Nice. That's, uh, let me pull this up. All right. That's, I think you're doing a great job. It's, it's, it's impressive to, to see it at your age that you, you know, you're out there and, and, and now, and how old are the people that are working for you? Same age as you? Yeah. My guy's 18. The other one's like 21 is our office for lady. 21 so, the office the office lady wow that's uh <laughs> that's pretty she, she's the oldest and uh yeah. now you're and you're still basically living at home mm-hmm. and running a 700 almost a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar gross company based on customer service mm-hmm. and quick pickup and quick time and everything else so somebody who's obviously not on the West coast, let's say somebody wanted to start one in Maine so they wouldn't compete against you. We don't want anybody to compete against you. Somebody wanting to start the same type of business where, what, what would be something you would tell them? You just got to get the truck and do it and show up. I mean, as soon as you show up, that's everything you need right there. After that, it's easy. And just, so that's the key important for it is actually showing up 
getting the truck and actually showing up and doing what you say, basically. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get jobs because people never showed up. Really? They just, and then they call you saying, Hey, this guy, come get this. this it's your turn. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And they see if you show up and then you actually show up and it goes from there. All right. Downsides. We've got to work freaking hard <laughs> and have no life <laughs> at least for a while. And you're not a broker, right? Cause I feel the same way. Um, and it basically keeping the equipment stuff and stuff like that, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Dealing. I mean, you got to get yourself to the point to where you're making more money, but then not, you know, screw yourself by seeing the high numbers and wanting to take it out, keep it in there because that truck will break down and cost you 10 grand when you're slow or something, you know, mm -hmm. having that extra money to deal with the punches. Wow. And then, so, and guys normally go out two two to a truck if they're doing that, just because of lifting stuff, one to yeah. the, to the dumpster truck, basically. Mm -hmm. That's why those are nice. Dropping hooks, no touch. Dropping hook, rock yeah. on, pick them up. Yeah, I've, I've got I've got a dumpster here right now, but uh, that's what we have. We have a smaller dumpster because my wife throws everything away. You, my wife would love you. She'd be a repeat caller. I ain't gonna lie, because uh, I'll tell you what, it's it's nonstop. She loves throwing things out. Um, she likes buying things too, but she loves throwing things out. So that's. I'll tell you what, is there anything else you want to, you know, finish up here? Is there anything else you want to, uh, want to tell the fans? You can get I mean, I would, you know, just obviously, like you said, just focus on where you're at, where you want to go and have a plan and, you know, stick to it. Obviously things are going to change. I've changed mine 50,000 times, but <laughs> as long as you keep going down the road and keep going further, then, I mean, you'll eventually get to where you want to go. Cause like you said, I mean, you've got, the guys out there that are still doing it for 80 bucks. I mean, you just have to set your prices to where you need them to be and provide the best service. Right. And then everything will come. I got one real quick. So basically then somebody comes to you and says, Hey, can you do this for 80? And let's say your price is what? 115, 125. Right. I don't know. I'm just making this stuff up here. Not like I'm quoting your price. Um, and they said, well, you know, you basically say I'm 125. I'm, and then they say, are you sure you can't get it for, I mean, it's, it's, here's my price and I'll come get it for this price. Right. At this point. So you're not mm -hmm. taking their price. You're giving them a price. A couple of times the customers will be like, I got 150 bucks for this. Can you do it or whatever? And they'll actually be like spot on or maybe a little bit above what we would have quoted. Mm -hmm. uh, but other than that, yeah, we're, they're just sending a photo. We'll give them a, shoot them a price. And then they can either never tell, you know, never talk to us again in their life or say, Hey, you know, sounds good. When can you do it? Outstanding. So it's just knowing your price, going in there and quote, knowing what your price is. And then if they take it, they take it. If they don't, they don't. And being comfortable in the slow. And being know. comfortable in the slow. Outstanding. Well, uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I'll probably have you on again when you're actually, when you break that uh, 750 mark, if you don't mind. And, yeah. uh, and, and it's official or you get close to it, but um, I want to thank you for coming out and reaching out and um, it, it, was, it was a good time. I'm glad you reached out to me. I'm, I'm very impressed and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, appreciate that. And hopefully this at least helps a few people. I, I think it will. So outstanding. Thank you so much. And um, I'll end this one here. Hey, so if you're an owner operator or a new carrier and you're looking for invoice factoring for either your carrier or your brokerage, uh, go ahead and shoot me an email. I've gone and negotiated one of the best rates at 1.99 with no ACH fees for both carrier and brokerage with one of the best factoring companies. Uh, go ahead and shoot me an email if you're interested. Again, that's for invoice factoring for a carrier, trucking carrier or a trucking brokerage at 1.99. No ACH fees.
for your carrier and your brokerage if you have one. Go ahead, shoot me an email if you're looking for a deal. All Thank right. You. So if you like what you heard here and you want to make sure you can stay up to date, make sure you check out SageNewsLive.com. That's my website. It's also going to be where you're going to find where I'm also at. Uh, Podcast, Spotify, a- Apple, um, Twitch, Vimeo, all these other places, not just on YouTube. So if you're looking to listen to me on podcast or anything else, you can go ahead and hit up the website. Also, upcoming streams, things I'm going to be having. And if you're looking for factoring for under 2% with one of the best factoring companies out there, definitely check me out on uh, my website. Go ahead and shoot me a text or email me about the information. I'll reach out and get you hooked up like a tow truck. As always, stay safe, stay out.